Well, good morning. Good morning. Love to see you. Love to see those of you who are online with us today. We love you. Thank you for being here today. I hope you have your Bibles or whatever you like to read God's Word with on your device. Go with me to the book of Proverbs. We're going to be looking at a number of those today. And as you're turning there, let me just share this with you. As you can imagine, in the position that I'm in, I, I get a lot of emails, okay? And uh, I get a lot of emails that some of you will email me about how the Lord has changed your life. I love that. Those are exciting, and we just welcome those. We want to hear more about that. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I'm just so grateful. Some of you are such encouragers in emails. I appreciate those as well. Um, now, I will say that we get, we get suggestions too. That's, that's good, all right? We, we, we even get complaints. Anybody, anybody have a complaint? You, you can raise your hands. Okay, all right. You have a complaint? You can send your emails to randy at eaglesview.church. He's our executive pastor, and he loves those, okay? And uh, occasionally I will get this, the unsolicited advice. The unsolicited advice. And, and uh, I, I was thinking about this message that I'm going to be bringing to you today. It was several years ago, not long into the history of our church. I was still a young pastor or whatever, but I've been doing it for a little while. And I got this email that I had opened up first thing on a Monday morning. And I just need you to know, Monday mornings, I, I can't even remember the last time we've just done one service. There have been multiple services. So Monday mornings, I'm, a, I'm kind of emotionally tired. I'm a little bit emotionally raw. Um, I'm a little, a little peopled out. Honestly, I just need a little bit of a break. And uh, I got this email. Here was my mistake. I went to hear from from man before I went to hear from God, okay? Uh, and Because I opened my email before I opened my Bible that day, mistake. And, uh, and I got this email from a young man who was a seminary student. He was a younger guy who had been to our church a few times. And essentially, the summation of my first glance at this was, your church stinks and you're a terrible preacher, okay? No, it wasn't that bad. It, but, but the way I was feeling at that moment when I first kind of was reading through this, I was kind of at this place of, of just, again, so kind of raw emotionally Monday morning. I just didn't really know what to do with this. He was critical of, of some things that he noticed that we could probably do better systematically as a church. And then he also had some criticism for my speaking about, the, you know, I brought, he said there was just a lack of clarity on something here and you've got a nervous habit here or whatever. And, and this kind of just struck me because I, I knew he was coming and I knew he was a seminary student. I didn't know him yet though. Uh, we just kind of met, you know, out uh, after service and, and, uh, and, and it just, it just kind of caught me off guard on that day. And honestly, the way I was feeling was kind of like, who are you, man? You're a student, at, you know, at seminary. And I was kind of feeling that at that moment. And, and, and you know, and, 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 and so here is the thing, okay, that I was wrestling with, that there are not very many things that I am good at. Not very many things. That some of you are incredible with your hands. You can fix like anything, my dad's like that. My, my brother-in-law, Dustin's like that. Can fix things, create things with your hands. I'm good at breaking things, okay? I break things so those people fix things. Um, my wife is like so smart academically. She's just incredible with, you know, that. And, and she's a literacy specialist. And, and you know, I, I, I don't do grammar very good. Just saying, okay? Some of you are like, what, what, what? Okay, I don't do grammar goodly. Okay, um, I, I struggle at times. I need her help 
and many of you, I have a team that helps me, okay? And they're like, don't say that like that. Um, I, I struggle with that. Some of you are great with numbers and spreadsheets. And, man, I dropped college algebra three times because I was like, I can't do this. I, I, I'm terrible with numbers. My eyes glaze over in our board meetings. I have no idea. I just want to know the bottom line. I want to know this. And some of you are just so good. I'm horrible with that. My, my professor was like, stay in this, I'll get you out of here. And I discovered these do get degrees, okay? It happens. I, I struggled with that. Um, the only thing that I feel like maybe I'm semi-okay at is, is what God, I believe, now I understand, has shaped me to do, called me to do, which is to be a communicator of his word. But you need to know this, I never wanted to be a preacher. I, I've, I've told you this before. I didn't want to do this. I ran from this calling from God because I was so terrified of public speaking, paralyzed in fear. I would just run, and then finally I had to have a speech communications class, and I ended up like acing that, and my professor pulled me aside, and he was like, I thought, oh, great, he's going to tell me I stink. He said, you're pretty good at this, and, and, and he kind of fed into this. I ended up becoming a speech communications major, so again, it was something that it's, it's kind of something that I've worked at. It's, now, I know I can always get better. I know that, that, that from week to week, I can improve in all kinds of, of different ways, and, but as I thought back on that, on that email from that young man and and eventually, I, you know, I did go sit down with him later, but I was getting ready. I was kind of at this moment of like, what do I do with this? How do I handle this? My initial gut response, keeping it real with you, was, man, I was about to fire something off. Like, and then I, and then I thought, what would Hope say? What would Hope think, okay? That's my wife. She's, she's very kind and wise, and she filters nearly all of my emails now, okay, right, to help me because sometimes I just, I can be a little edgy and I, I struggle with that. And, and then I thought, you know what, forget this, man. I'm just going to delete this. I don't want to hear this. I'm just, I don't need to hear this. I don't need this right now, man. I'm busy, you know, and, and, and then, but by God's grace, I decided not to do either one of those. And I just decided because I just felt kind of in my spirit, I'm just going to sit on this for a few days. And I'm just going to, I'm going to sit on it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to pray about it. And, uh, and I did that, and I was glad that I did. And this is what I began to discover as I came back a few days, and I thought, and I reread it, and I realized this, that some of the things that he had to say, even though it was unsolicited advice, which isn't always the best way to go about giving things, some of the things he had to say were actually, there were threads of truth in that. There were some things that were, if I would just kind of lose the emotion... And, and actually listen a little bit, there was something that I, I went back and I listened to my message and I discovered, you know what? I, I wasn't clear about that. I do have this nervous habit that, that he pointed out. And, and you know, and, and, and as I, again, reached out, we ended up sitting down together, having a cup of coffee. I learned this about him. He actually was not a bad guy at all. He actually really didn't mean any ill intent in the email at all. And, uh, and we, we got to know each other a little bit and discovered that, that we could learn from one another. And I, now I shared some advice with him as well about your timing on things wasn't great. Let me explain that. You'll understand this when you're a pastor. Okay, let me, let me explain some of this. But, but the reality is every single one of us, we have blind spots. 
every one of us that is here today have some things about ourselves that others maybe have tried to address or speak into, but some things we don't realize. And the the question that I want us to wrestle with for a few moments, how well do I listen to other people? How well do I process, you know, whenever somebody might try to bring me just a, a critique about something or bring something constructive? How do I handle advice? I want you to think about not someone else that needs to hear the message today, but to consider yourself, how well do you listen? And we've been in this book of Proverbs, it's about us gaining wisdom and ultimately being shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. Even though it was written years before this, it's, it's to help us, to be wise, to, to live the kind of life that God has designed us to live. And we've learned that Solomon, in the first nine chapters of this book, is like he is trying to sell to his son, who would be a future king. He's trying to raise him up in leadership, but it's really for all of us, but he's trying to sell his son on getting wisdom. And one of the things that you're going to notice if you read through the book of Proverbs, like in our Proverbs challenge, you're going to see that there's an appeal to listen over and over again. There's something that is wise about it. Look at what he says in Proverbs 4. He says this, my children. Now he's talking to his son, but also to, to others. And they would use this as a, really as a primer for raising up leaders. But you may think of it this way. He's speaking as a father to a son. You might want to think of it as a heavenly father to a son or a daughter today. And he's going to say, my children, what's the word? Say it with me, church. Come on. Listen. Listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment, for I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instruction. Verse 5, he's going he's gonna to say, you got to be intentional. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take some work. Proverbs 7, he says this, follow my, what is it? Advice. Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. If you read that passage, you're going to see that, that he's, he's making an appeal to this son who would be a future leader. And he's going to say there's going to be a lot of temptations you're going to face, but I, I, I want to speak into your life. I want to help you not make some mistakes that, and I wonder if you know, if you know about Solomon, you know that his father was David who was a man after God's own heart. And we even know this, that David blew it. David messed up. And I wonder, by the way, I wonder if he's thinking, I don't want to see you make the the mistake that granddad made. I don't want to see you make mistakes that he's made. I want to save you from this. There was some immorality that he tells the story of a young man that was in the wrong place in the wrong time, and he made a horrible decision that could wreck his life. So he says, verse 24, so listen to me. Listen to me, my sons, pay attention to my words. In Proverbs 19.20 in the ESV, he says, listen, do you see this theme? Listen to my advice. Accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Proverbs 12.15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man, say it with me, come on, listens to advice. Solomon is pleading for something for his sons. He's pleading to us. God's pleading for us today to have a willingness to lean in and to listen to others. To understand that there are blind spots that are in your life. I have blind spots that are within my life. And he's saying to be 
willing, to, in order to begin to grow, in order to begin to experience the wisdom that God has for you, the character development, the growth in your life, we have to, he's saying, we got to be willing to receive. We have to be willing to discern and, and consider that others who are trying to speak something into our life, that they're trying to, in many cases, now I know that not every case, and I want to I express this in a second, not every case, we don't need to listen to what every single person has to say. Now, we need to listen, but we don't, I should say this differently, we don't need to do what every person tells us to do. But this is why it's imperative that we understand this, that there will come a moment for you if you haven't experienced, the, the, the moment may be this week, and you will have maybe some critique or some advice that someone gives you, and you're going to be at a place of like a fork in the trail, and you're going to need to decide, you're going to have a dilemma, how do I receive, how do I weigh this, what does this look like within my life, right? And can I, can I have some humility in this, or as I have been prone to do, am I going to get defensive about everything that everybody has to say to me? Man, whatever, I don't need to hear that. Isn't that what many of us oftentimes we will do? And now, again, let me say that not everything everybody says is good advice. Not everything that everybody says is godly advice. That's why this is so important. Sometimes the advice is unwarranted, right? Sometimes the advice is uninvited, but we deal with this. And here is something we also need to learn is that we cannot please everyone and be all things to all people at all times that's why, in order to grow in this, our wisdom starts with fear of the Lord. That's the foundation. It starts with, what does God have to say about things? So, so in order for me to be able to weigh what others say, I need, a, I need a, a thriving relationship with God. I need to be able to understand God's word and be in God's word regularly because the scripture will say in James that it's like a mirror into our soul. It begins to show us things about ourselves. I want to be certain that I have a fear of God. This is important, not a fear of man. Because the fear of man, that people pleaser within me, that insecurity comes out, and then I can run myself ragged going with every piece of advice. I need to be able to wisely navigate advice when it comes into my life. Now, this is big for you if you are a believer. You also not only have God's word, you also have the Holy Spirit of the living God living inside of you to help you weigh the things that others may speak into your life. And, 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 and here, is, here is wisdom. Wisdom is having a willingness to lean in, to listen to everybody. You don't have to do everything they say, but this right here is critical, okay? And this is what I think I see in this, in this book of Proverbs. There is a relational aspect of listening to advice from people who love you. And this is what he says. We especially, I believe this, we especially should be willing to listen and learn, right, from those we know that actually love us, that, that care about us, that, that, that might see something within us that we're not seeing within ourselves. There's a blind spot there, and it's critical to learn this. You know, all of Proverbs, getting wisdom, do you know what it really is? It's a skill, it's skills that we improve on, that we grow in, and, and to be wise. And somebody at some point is going to share something with you that is going to be hard to hear. They're going to say some things that maybe 
you're going to feel at, at a certain point. Now, it, for you, probably is not going to come in the form of an email from a seminary student that, you know, you didn't want to hear from or whatever. But I, I would guess you might hear something from, a, from a, a good friend at some point that's going to say, I'll just throw a hypothetical out. I'm really concerned about you in this relationship. And I love you. And I'm worried that you are not seeing some things in that guy that I see in that guy. I, I'm concerned about you. Or maybe it's a friend in your life group. You've done life together with them. And they really, you know they love you. And, and they may pull you aside and are, and are like, listen, I don't know if you understand the way that you're kind of coming. I care about, they're taking a risk. It's a risk to speak some love to somebody, isn't it? I don't know if you understand how you're coming across on your Facebook posts. I know you're not harsh. I know you're not, you're kind of coming across a certain way. And I know you actually value your witness for Christ. I'm just concerned about you. It may come in the form of a husband or a wife who says to their spouse, honey, I've noticed you started drinking more. Is there something, is there something going on? I, I'm worried about your drinking. I'm worried about this, or, or, or you're overeating a lot. I'm worried about this within you, your health. I'm concerned about this. Maybe it's a courageous coworker who would come to you and they see a blind spot within you that they see could potentially sabotage your future at the company. Maybe it's an attitude that has emerged that you're not even aware of yet at this point, and you're struggling with that, but you don't see it. What do we do with this information whenever it happens? And I tell you that it is coming for you at some point. You are going to deal with a critique. You're going to deal with some advice. You're going to be at the crossroad. You're going to be at the fork in the road. Do I go wise in this and listen? Do I just, here's what some of us do. Ask yourself how you handle this. Do you blow up? Get defensive? I, I struggle with this, okay? Do you blow people off and get dismissive? Yeah, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not listening to anything. Solomon understood human nature. We have a human nature within us. There is an inner rebel. It's, it's our flesh and the flesh resists wisdom. The flesh just wants to defend and preserve what's comfortable, what the flesh desires. There is, he's going to say, there is wisdom in leaning in to listen, especially to those we know that love us. He's that father and son relationship. Again, it may be a husband or it may be a, a friend to you. It could be you know, someone like this in Proverbs 27, this is, this is a powerful passage, but it's a tough passage. An open rebuke is better than, say it with me, what? Hidden love. Hidden love. I don't like this next word. I do not like this next verse. I love it, but it's tough. Wounds. From a sincere friend. Wait a minute, they're my friend. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. What he's saying is, it is better. There is more wisdom in this for you to have someone who will tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. We all need this in our life because we have blind spots. We need somebody to speak into our life that we can trust, that we know. 
loves us, has our, our interests, best interest at heart. We know that God does. We know Jesus does. We need some friends like this in our life. What are blind spots? Blind spots, here's just kind of a definition. There are, there are places where we lack clarity, where we lack insight and awareness of ourselves regarding potentially destructive patterns affecting other people's experience with us or their perspective of us. These blind spots that, that we have. I started thinking about, uh, I got invited to a, a, a trip, a mission trip years ago to go to Vietnam. Uh, our church was doing some work there with some other churches. And th this was a different kind of mission trip that I got asked. This was for pastors. And we were actually being invited on a diplomatic mission. There had been a lot of persecution in Vietnam. And the lead pastor at that time who was leading us pastors, other lead pastors, he would put this trip together. We were, we were actually going, touring the entire uh, country together. We were meeting influencers and leaders in different towns. It was a different mission trip than I'd ever been on. I actually had to wear a suit every single day in over 90 degrees, 100% humidity, not my thing, okay? And, um, but we would go, we'd meet these guys. I got, I, don't, I had no idea why I was there, you know? And, uh, but I was like, okay, well, I got invited. This is a real honor to get to do what I'm doing here, representing Christians. We're trying to improve relationships with, uh, with believers and the government there, the communist country. And um, I got an invitation to the U.S. ambassador's house in Hanoi, I, I got invited to come as a group, uh, our delegation, and so we get there, and I feel, I mean, there are all these dignitaries there. I have no idea. I'm like, well, I don't belong here, man. What am I doing here? And, uh, but I'm here. You know, this is awesome. And so uh, there's food. I'm in my suit. There's hors d'oeuvres, and I feel obligated, okay? And so I'm eating some of the food, enjoying it. The, the head pastor who was leading it all was introducing us to some of the the, the VIPs that were there. And I remember at this moment, I started thinking, Seth, maybe you are a big deal that you're here. Okay, wow, you're meeting some pretty, you know, maybe you are. And then I ended up taking a restroom break. I go to the restroom and uh, I'm there to wash my hands and I look in the mirror and to my horror, I had the largest piece of food lodged right in the front of my teeth. It was, and, and man, I was just, I was mortified. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh man, I look like an idiot. I walked out and I'd been with some of my other pastor friends and I love those guys. We're still in each other's lives. We love one another, but we love to mess with each other, okay? And I said, man, I, I, had, I had food in my teeth the whole time. And they said, there are two of them specifically said, we know. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I started thinking back on, they were actually egging me on a little bit they had conspired not to tell me because they were enjoying what a redneck I was looking like while I was like, how you doing? I'm Bart Howell. I'm from Saginaw. I'm still learning how to eat, okay? You know, I'm just like, and I'm like, jerks, why didn't you tell me? They're like, we were having fun, you know? And I started thinking back how they were making me laugh more and like trying to like, I was like, oh man, hidden love, hidden love. I couldn't see that. I needed somebody to tell me I had food stuck in my teeth. It's a blind spot. 
We all need somebody to tell us when we have, metaphorically speaking, the food that's in our teeth. That we can't see that somebody would have maybe the courtesy. I'm still mad at those guys today about that, okay? I love them, but I'm still mad at them, okay, for this. The courtesy, the courage to say, got something right here. I don't know if you realize this. It's hidden love. True friends will tell you because they love you. True friends will speak something that you might not want to hear. It might be a little embarrassing at some point. And there have been times where my wife, Hope, who is very good at helping me with this, it was so ironic. Yesterday morning, we were at the house, okay, having coffee, and, you know, and, and she says to me, you got something in your teeth. I'm like, what's wrong with my teeth, man? Why does this keep happening? Uh, I knew what I was going to be preaching on. And, and, and anyhow, got, you got something in your teeth. Now, there are some ways to respond to this. I could get very annoyed, which I have done before, like, yeah, I know it's in my teeth. I like it there, okay? All right? I like it. Or there's another way that we respond, which could be denial. I don't have anything in my teeth. Yeah, you do. I'm looking right at it. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Okay, whatever. You have something in your teeth. Again, there could be embarrassment. There are so many ways to respond. There have been times where my wife, Hope, has shared with me about some blind spots that I, I didn't really fully understand about myself at certain times. She said to me one time, Honey, I need you to understand your competitiveness is over the top sometimes. Oh, it is? Yeah. No, it's not. You're making the children cry in Candyland. Well, they should play better. Case closed. Okay? You, I started thinking back, the closest Hope and I have ever come to a divorce was over a game of Monopoly. And I started realizing, I've got a problem with this. this she's right. There's been other times she's, she said to me, hey, Pastor Bart, yeah? Honey, you need to smile a little more while you're preaching. I know you, but a lot of people don't know you. I know you're just intense. You don't look nice. I said, you understand, that's like telling a middle linebacker to smile before he's going to knock him out, right? Like, okay, I'll smile more. I try. I said, like this? She's, no, that's a smirk, okay? Blind spots. People who love us. My friend Cecil. I told you about last week, 86-year-old man. God brought in my life at just the right time. Um, he, he, I had gone week after week after week, and every week apparently I was ranting about all the other people and how everybody else is jerks. People are the worst. Won't you agree with me, right? They're the worst. And he listened to it week after week after week. I was in on a 30-minute rant, and he finally said, are you done? Am I done with what? Are you done with your rant about everybody else. Well, no, I've, I've got some things to say about some other people, whatever. And, and he said, Bart, 
you need to be done. And I'm going to tell you something you're not going to want to hear, but you're going to be glad you hear it. Because here's what I want to tell you. You are not going to make it in ministry if this doesn't change. You've got a serious anger and bitterness problem. I'm not angry. I might as well have said, oh, man. And he and his godly, annoying little way was smiling right at me and could have easily just said, checkmate. You've got an issue that if something, why are you so angry? Now, he even said, I'm not saying those other people haven't done things and they're not wrong. And I'm not telling, but here is the thing, son, they're not here, you are. Are you ready to go to work on you and stop worrying about everybody else? He ma it made me mad. I'm being honest. It made me mad. He said, you are your own worst problem. It was a truth I needed to hear, and a journey began for me to start to forgive some people that I was holding something against for a long time. I'd come out of some bad church experiences, church wounds, angry, bitter. And here's what he said. If you won't work on this stuff that has wounded you in the past and learn to forgive, I want you to know it's impacting your present relationships right now. And it is going to sabotage where you are going in the future. You won't make it. That was hard to hear, right? We need somebody to tell us about our blind spots we need somebody to speak some truth. We need to learn to listen to the ones that actually do love us. Do you have somebody that will shoot straight with you? Do you have somebody that, will, that you will listen to or, or, you know, and do you have somebody? And I, I want to just say I'm sharing, exposing these things before you. I want to believe in transparency and vulnerability as a pastor. I want you to know this. Here's what I want you to know. We're all in this together. We all have blind spots. Wisdom says, I need godly guidance. Wisdom says, if I, want, if I want to really begin to grow, to look more like Jesus, I need some people in my life that will tell me some things. Solomon says, better an open rebuke than this hidden love. The, the hidden love happens many times because it, it takes courage for a person to actually speak to us sometimes. Or it, it not only courage, maybe a courtesy that they care enough to tell you something that you need to hear. Solomon says it's, it's better to have a few wounds from real friends than having and surrounding yourself with suck-ups who will only, and I would say that the more that you probably excel at your job and the higher you go up in your job, you need to think about that. And not just surrounding yourself with yes men or yes women or whatever it may be. But we're in this together and we need real friends is what we need, not flattery. We need real people who love us enough and we've invited into our lives and they've invited us into theirs to speak some truth. This, this isn't in my notes, but I was reading Proverbs yesterday and it came up and I thought, i got to share it with you. So if we can pull up Proverbs 28, 23, and I want you to read it with me out loud, 
Say it with me. This was in my Proverbs challenge yesterday. Say it with me. In the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. In the end, up front, not fun. Up front, hurts. There's so many biblical examples of of somebody helping somebody with something they couldn't see. I think about, we don't have, we won't go here today, but I think about David who had fallen into some horrible sin. And he had a prophet named Nathan. Can you think about how Nathan must have felt going to the king telling him, you messed up, dude. But he did. You got a blind spot. David was so blind. He, he was like, whoever that guy was that did that, he needs to die. Nathan's like, oh, you're the man. Blind spots. Paul would write letters to churches that he would help get going, and it was filled with people. Churches are flawed because they're filled with broken people who have blind spots, and they would get off track. And Paul would say this to a church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 7. He said this to them after he'd given them a correction. I am not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a little while. Now I'm glad I sent it. Not because it hurt you. He's like, I didn't take glory in exposing this and hurting you in this. But I am glad that I sent this because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. Pain is not always bad. Pain can move us to change. It can move us to, you know, to something that will be better because of the, how uncomfortable it is. Trusted pain with somebody that you're trusting, you're going to have pain either way. It ought to be with somebody that you know loves you and trusts, or you're going to have self-sabotaging pain down the road. Ruining a relationship, losing a job, whatever it may be, okay? So that's the blind spot in our lives. How, how, how do we check for these? Well, when you're driving, what do you do? Well, we have some mirrors to help us look back, but we even know that there's blind spots even with mirrors. What do you, what do you have to do? You have to look back to be able to go forward. You got to look back in order to proceed. You got to deal with some things that, has there been some things that maybe somebody has continued to bring up and you just continue to blow them off, put it off. Maybe you heard a message, maybe from me or somebody else. or you were, And then same week you heard another message about the same thing. God's, God's maybe trying to get your attention about a particular area. you know, or, or you just look back and you start thinking. In your spirit, you know there's something that needs to change. And, and you've, you've got a dilemma with what you're going to do with that. Now what we will often do is we will just... Many of us will just get mad, and you know what we will do? We will seek a new location. What I need is I need a new location. I need new people. I need a new job. I'm not saying we shouldn't change things, okay, if the Lord leads you. But sometimes we change for the wrong reasons. Sometimes we change because we're on the run, and we don't want to deal with something, so we just keep moving from thing to thing to place to place, from church to church to relationship to relationship, marriage to marriage, over and over and over again, the thing we have forgotten, and again, it's not that people haven't done some wrong things in all of those places. The thing we have forgotten, and I didn't come up with this, you know this to be true, 
no matter where you go, you're still there. There's, there's got to be something that you decide, I can't control everybody else, but I can go to work on myself. And, 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 and so here's what we do. And we just keep moving and we don't actually do the work of growing and listening and weighing what people say. Here's what God many times will, will say is they're not ready for what's next. And God will give us another lap around the wilderness, not to be mean, but God will take us around the wilderness again because what he will say is, they're not ready yet. They still haven't learned it. And he's refining us in the wilderness. The wilderness is where God does his work to get us to where he wants us to go next. But we choose not to listen. God's been trying to get our attention. A friend's been trying to get your attention. We choose not to listen and, and we choose not to see. There's, there's denial in this. And God would say through Solomon, God would say through Solomon today, listen to me, my son, my friend, my daughter, listen. There's some things that we will do as we just resist. Now, we have to ask, why do I resist this so much? Why is it so hard for me to receive advice? What is it within me? I've, I've, had, to, I've had to look at this in my life because I struggle with this. There's some reasons we won't listen, reasons we resist. Now, again, I'm not talking about listening to, listening to every single person and doing what every person says. I'm talking about trusted counsel, something that you know. Why do we stay locked into patterns that we know are leading us to destructive things and unhealthy things? Why will we refuse to listen? Some of us, it's because of pain, because we know this, that to change hurts. To hear truth hurts. It's a struggle. It hurt me initially when hope would say something to me and does still. It hurts initially. It, 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 it's a struggle to receive. I got to know this. It wasn't exactly easy for her to share with me because I'm defensive. But her love overcame the fear of me, and she knew because she loves me, knows where God's taking us, something has to be said. So pain can hurt, or that pain hurts. Here's the other part, pride. We're just so proud. We're so full of, of just this ego, and our ego gets wounded. We don't want to listen, and there have been many times in my journey where I've actually done, I'm, I'm getting a little better with this, where, where I'm receiving a little better, especially from people that I really know love me. The Lord's helping me with this. This is something that I've struggled with. But, but when my, my parents, my, my mom and dad, my, my friends, uh, other pastors I love, good friends that I have, our elders that I've really welcomed into my life. But I got to tell you, there's also been some times where I have blown this where I have struggled and I've acted like a toddler. Where someone has said I'm concerned. Oh yeah, well let me tell you what I see in you. Take the big fat log out of your eye. Before you start like, that's called deflecting. And I have done that at certain times and you probably have to. I felt led to say this in every service today. Pride, we know, is a downfall of our lives. There are some of you, I really believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak to some of you today about this. 
if this pride issue doesn't change in your life, your marriage is going to end. If the pride, if you don't grow, won't listen, you're going to lose a job. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that because I just felt the Holy Spirit yesterday impress this upon me to say to you, for someone today, God loves you enough today. He's not, he's not trying to shame you. He loves you enough today because he's like, I, I want to get you on the right path. But if this doesn't change, there's going to be some destruction in your relationships. Here's another reason we resist it. Fear. I'm afraid sometimes. I don't know. This is all I've ever known. If I change, I don't know what that's going to be like for me. What if I try to change and I can't? What, you know, what if I change and you don't like me? What about laziness? Because let me tell you this. Change is hard work. And it takes cooperation. It takes investment. It's hard work to grow. Some of us, we get so comfortable with our brokenness, our dysfunction, no matter any of these things, we just will stay where we're at. Here's another one, stubbornness. Don't tell me what to do. Stubbornness. I'm not changing. You need to change. And here's another one, passwords. Passwords. What I mean by that is there are some of us, all of us, have been legitimately hurt. We've had people who have meant things for bad within us, who have said hurtful things. And so what that does is it's a wound that we carry that God has not brought healing into our lives yet because we're on the run. We won't confront it. We won't deal with it. And so when anybody who actually really does care about us tries to share something, the wall is up. I'm not listening to you. I don't want to hear anything you got to say because we have an insecurity. We are afraid we're about to be hurt in a bad way all over again. When the reality is maybe God is actually really trying to bring some healing into our lives. These, these past wounds can sabotage our present relationships, can sabotage where we're going if we don't deal with them. Thus, they create more blind spots. And I've battled with each one of these. I've, I've struggled with these in my life. I still struggle with them, but this is the beautiful thing. i got to leave you with this today. I want you to hear this. Do you know how much Jesus Christ loves every one of you? Do you believe that? Amen, right? He loves you exactly the way you are, and you can't make him love. You can't make him love you any more than he already does. But when you listen to this, he loves you too much to let you stay the same. He's got more for you, better for you. Proverbs is for you and me. It's about becoming more like Jesus. I want you to rest in this. And once you begin to understand how much you're already loved, how much you're already accepted, well then, I don't have to be insecure anymore. I can actually go to work on me. And understand that I'm already accepted and loved. 
I can understand that he already, how, how do I respond to this? David would say this, okay, and this is something, a prayer for you to consider and think. We're going to sing a song here in a second. I want you to think about this. How can, David says, make this maybe your prayer today. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these, what does it say? Hidden faults, blind spots. There's some things that I realize, God, that I'm not seeing. I need your help. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Oh, Lord, my rock, my redeemer. You know what he starts with? He starts with humbling himself before the God of the universe. That is a fear of the Lord. I humble myself before you. How do we respond rightly? I got, I got to be willing to assess I got to think back, you know, God, you've been trying to get my attention. Listen to him today. Listen, is he trying to speak something to you? It's not to be mean. It's not to shame you. It's not, he loves you. So this is the big thing. I got to believe this. I'm deeply loved by God. Do you know that? You're deeply loved by him. You are loved by him. But you got to be willing to assess how he wants you to grow. I don't want you walking out of here feeling um, ashamed. I don't want you feeling shame. There is a difference between conviction that is from the Holy Spirit and guilt. I don't want you walking out of here guilty because Scripture says if you're in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise God for that. Right? And he sets us free from this. But Holy Spirit conviction is something we need. It's something that is for us. It's not about guilt, it's about growth. Here's another right response. I gotta be intentional about seeking some godly counsel around me. Who, do, who have you invited in to your life? And, and, and here is a question that could change your life. If you have somebody you trust, when you say this to them, what do you see? I know that scares some of us to death. Tell me what you see. There's got to be a mutual trust right there. Who do you have that's helping you? Here's, here's this, and this all starts with this. It's starting your day, every day, with this daily practice of humility before God. Fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord. I need you, Lord. Lord, I need you to show me my blind spots. I, I want to walk today in you. I, 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 don't, I know I might blow it, but would you show me? Would you bring people in my life? Would you show me? And I'm going to trust you that you're going to show me because you love me. Lord, I humble myself before you. What do we do with this? If you're struggling with something, we bring it before him and we lay it at his feet. I want to ask you to pray with me. I want to encourage you as we confess maybe something we need to confess, as we bring a struggle before him, as we decide how God's speaking to us today, I, I want to encourage you at this moment to rest in his grace, to know how much he loves you, to receive that from him today. Lord, would you just speak into our lives? We don't want to play church, Lord. We, 
Life is too important just to go through this, these motions of religion. God, I need you in my life. Say that to I need you, Lord. I need you to teach me. I need you to help me. I need you to show me. Lord, I think about all the ways in Scripture you made the blind see. Help me see, God. Lord, may your forgiveness and your grace and your mercy wash over my soul. Thank you, Jesus. You took the payment, the penalty for my sins, the blind spots, the the faults, the everything upon you, Lord, so that I could be free, not just with you in heaven one day, but growing right now to be more like you. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you.